FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 246 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason Ben. Yeah. Gosh, darn it. I never say it. Never say snicked. No, and Georgie does every time in honor of Denise, and I appreciate it. And every time I forget because I'm a jerk. <laughs> I'm a big old mean jerk, and I'm a terrible host. Um, but anyway, I am the host you're stuck with. My name is Jason. And, of course, I have joining me for our resurrection. You know what? Screw the weeks. <laughs> There's too many to keep up with. It's like 14 and 15 or something like that. But um, anyway, we're going to talk about Astonishing X-Men and other books. You know, that's one people are excited about, right? So we'll, we'll get to it all. But, of course, here with me are Georgie and from the Intercomics podcast, Dan. Hey, guys. Hello. Good evening. Well, after. Ah. Afternoon. <laughs> it all morning. depends on good the evening, listener. Morning, right? Good day. I said good day. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, that '70s show callback for you guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, how's everybody doing? I'm really good. Tired, but really good. So yeah, I spent the last seven hours dancing to gay anthems so <laughs> I'm, I'm okay <laughs> on awesome. the other end of the spectrum i'm getting over food poisoning so i'm mm. uh, decidedly less happy at the moment so i think okay. <laughs> that might come out in the ratings a little bit right and i'm just tired we're fresh back from new orleans um it was a good trip but also an interesting trip with the 18 month old um so yeah <laughs> yeah we got back yesterday afternoon, and he, he let us know that he was not happy about being in the car all day. And so, of course. Yeah. But all does, that... Does he now have a Gamba-esque um, accent now that he's been from New Orleans? <laughs> yes, he says Cher a lot. <laughs> Mon Cher. You know, what? Oh, my, I'm getting chastised by my half-Cajun wife. Um, <laughs> how do you say it? All right, come on. Get on mic. Tell us how Gambit talks. He says, mon cher. Okay. Mon cher. <laughs> that's, that's better than the 90s cartoon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you should have been a, a voice consultant. And when you, you know how you call your kids like little one or, you know, cutie or whatever? Yeah, petite. Yeah. So it's, but in Louisiana, they go, mon petit cher. Or they say mon petit boucher, which means my little brussel. A brussel? Like a brussel sprout? <laughs> mon petit boucher. Huh. Why do you call a kid a brussel sprout? I don't know. It's a French oh. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start? <laughs> but they're called brussel sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. Vegetable, I hate the most. I love vegetables, but I hate Brussels sprouts. I can't eat them. They make me feel yeah. ill. <laughs> Just yeah, at they're pretty people. gross. Denise can make them tolerable at the holidays. She does, but basically, she puts so much spice and garlic on them, you don't taste the Brussels sprout. Uh, that's the only way you can eat it. And even then, 
when you get to the middle of it, you're like, can I spit this out now? No, my kids are watching. <laughs> I got to set a good example. Um, you should Russell Sprouse, boys. <laughs> Be good and swallow, Jason. Yeah, right. <laughs> Get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of swallowing, we're going to talk about some X-Men books. Um, we have a slew of books the last few weeks since I, you know, took vacation. Um, so we have six books in total, and we will get through them. Um, hopefully not too long, but I don't want to rush this either, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, anyway, we're going to start off with Astonishing X-Men number one, the resurrection title that I think everyone has been looking forward to the most, right? I mean, at least from a, um, publicity standpoint, I mean, it's kind of the, you know, I mean, the flagship of the X-Men, right, for the new resurrection period, which is weird that it came out so late, because, I mean... Blue and gold are like on seven and eight issues a piece. But um, anyway, we finally got the big one. It is written by Charles Soule. I guess since I just got back from uh, New Orleans, I should say Charles Soule. Um, <laughs> I'm going to stop. I'm getting chastised too much. Um, penciled by Jim Chung. An army of anchors. We have Mark Morales, Guillermo Ortego, and Walden Wong. Colors by Richard Eisenhove and Rain Moreto. And letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And the cover is by Chung and Eisenhove. And this is Life of X Part 1. So what do you guys think of the cover? We've, we've seen this cover for a while now. Um, but now we, we have it in our hands. What do you think? <laughs> That's my review of the cover. Okay. So, George, let me let me put that in context then. Are you normally a Chung fan or, or not? No, probably not. Oh, this okay. is my thing. All right. <laughs> I apologize for the business. Uh, and just for all noises throughout the podcast. Um, anyway, so, I, so, Dan, what did you think of the cover? Well, I actually, like, um, I recently reread... Uh, Chung's New Mutants yeah. and I think he was better then than he is now but um, I don't mind it I don't I don't mind it I quite like the group shot thing but it does I don't know it just, it, it should, I feel like it should say Uncanny X-Force not something else <laughs> well yeah definitely X-Force alright yeah alright well I'm generally a Chung fan I remember him from back in the uh, cross-gen days uh, he wrote a book called Scion that I or didn't write, drew a book called Scion that I used to really like. Um, I've kind of followed his career off and on throughout the years, and I'm generally a fan. I thought this cover was okay. Um, it's fine. It's a good group shot, I guess. Um, Gambit looks like he's in his upper 40s and doesn't yeah. really look, look like that in the book. That's really kind of the only thing that stuck out to me. Everything else was kind of standard group shot. Um, kind of looks like he has Beavis and Butthead face. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so, of course, we found our team, which, if you remember, guys, they kind of gave this cover to us in pieces. Like, first we got the, the shadow, and then we kind of got figures uh, colored in one at a time. Uh, we knew Old Man Logan was going to be front and center. And you can't really hide Archangel. Um, 
with the rest of the guys, of course, flanking them are uh, Bishop and Phantom X with their guns in the back. And we have Rogue and Mystique ready to scratch out your eyes. And then we have Psylocke and Gambit with their pointy objects. Yep. All right. Well, so we, we start off in the beginning with a narration box in black and white talking about how someone is killing psychics. And now it's okay because they're mostly secluded. But um, one that's not is Psylocke. She's in downtown London hanging out. Now, I guess she's just taking time off. Going back home to England. I mean, the last time we saw her was uh, when she thought she killed Magneto. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So so I guess she's just like, okay, well, I killed Magneto. I'm going to go to London and get some... uh, I don't know, biscuits or whatever. And, um... <laughs> so, does, so does any of this look like London, Dan? Um, mm, the, that glass triangle. Okay, <laughs> that's legit. All right. Is there. <laughs> that's a bus, I guess. That, yeah. Mm. <laughs> that guy looks like he's from London. Okay, well, yeah. Or, or New York or whatever. <laughs> I despise... Why is she... Right, one question before you move on. Why has she got buttons on her cuffs and it looks like she's holding said buttons in her hands? Yeah, I don't know. It looks like her sleeves have, like, uh, joysticks, right? Like she's got something in her fist. I must admit that if, if she was in London dressed like that, and it looks like she's in probably where, like, the people who do business work, they'd probably be like, what the... F- why is this hooker here? Like generally, they'd be, they'd be, they'd be questioning that getup for sure. Right. They must be filming something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, she has a psychic brain attack, I guess, heart attack. She clutches her chest, which I thought was weird. Yeah. And, and she sends out some messenger psychic butterflies. Then we get our title page, which is pretty cool. It's all like in purple and yellow. It's pretty nice. Might be my favorite page of the book. <laughs> I will I will say this before before I move on. The coloring of this book is gorgeous. Oh, Eisenhower's great. Yeah, I mean, so he's, he's a good in color grass like no one else. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that grass! Oh my god, did you see that grass? <laughs> I look at every bit, every bit of the panel, Jody. I don't just look at the. I the feel people. like last time we recorded, it was like, "Oh, did you see that hawk? That hawk was amazing." Yeah. Like, all these little things you guys. Are... You gotta <laughs> find. Not latch on to. Right. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Talking about wings. Talking about wings. Um, angels flying around without his shirt, as he does. But to be fair, he's been doing that I since the '60s. Believe- so. What happened to him being blue again? All right, I thought he was so, blue again. Yeah, so remember in the last volume of Uncanny X-Men, I'm not sure you should, but pretend that you do, um, that whole last story about the two angels and merging back together, so now he can he goes back and forth between regular angel and archangel. Okay. Like you did in my run. Yes, yeah, we're back to that, yeah. That answers right. one of my continuity questions. Okay, well, see, I preemptively answered it. <laughs> and you can see that because there's an archangel in his eyeball trying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, why? Anyway, go ahead. All right, 
So I have a continuity question. And this sure. this goes back a while. I feel like in the I feel like in the last few appearances, Bishop just kind of around, and no one ever talks about the fact that he tried to kill everybody, and that in the Cable series he he hunted the Cable and hoped through the time stream like a monster, and then suddenly then he had some light story with I feel like with Moonstars like Demon Bear or something happened, and then now it's like everyone's like, hey, cool, it's Bishop. Is that about some yeah, of that? <laughs> I thought he was a psycho. Like, yeah. I generally thought they were like, he's a murderous sociopath now. Um, right. <laughs> he was straight on villain for a while. But now he's just back to regular old bishop. Ah, uh, the future sucks, but I got to try to fight it all the time. Uh, maybe it's just Secret Wars reset. <laughs> okay, maybe so. Maybe so. Anyway. Maybe he's the kind of cable in this series. Right. So. Yeah. Because he's off doing his own sucky story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're not reviewing that. Yes. Me too, no. me too. Well, anyway, Bishop's in the museum looking at papers, <laughs> as you do. Um, so then we go to the Louvre in Paris, and uh, who's there? Gambit kissing stuff, blowing stuff up, <laughs> and then Phantom X saving his life. Yeah. Seems to be the only thing that happens. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I do like that he uses dice, you know, instead of cards this time. That was kind of cool, I guess. Um, yeah, so there's some banter. And then in the Blackbird, we have Old Man Logan trying to take a nap while Rogue flies the plane. Um, I did like the little blurb. Now, some of these blurbs are better than others. But this one, he's been talking about like, kind of comparing everyone to different stages of the apocalypse. Like Bishop's trying to prevent it. Angel has been tainted by it. And then Logan, this one has already met his apocalypse and he survived. I just thought that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> just talks about oh. how... <laughs> you can get like going on over there? <laughs> door stops. Fun with door stops. Um, the most simple things. Uh, uh, to be that quaint. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, they're flying around... And then they all get hit with these butterflies. They all get slapped in the face. Um, Bishop gets knocked over. Angel falls out of the sky and dies. Oh, no, <laughs> not that quite. That would happen, yeah. <laughs> um, Gambit collapses in the street. Rogue passes out in the plane. And we find out that the totality of Psylocke's like, safe mode is a giant telephone kinetic telepathic mothra yep. I don't like that <laughs> at all <laughs> I just and to, to think they used Clement's words of totality of her psychic powers to justify a giant <laughs> moth monster I feel disgusted slightly right. well, isn't she like kind of Japanese and so mothra sort of fits in with the whole it's, right, didn't she switch bodies, right? And then, right, yeah. So, she looked like someone that watches Godzilla. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> no, but you know, I'm just trying yes. to finesse. Well, I think, I think it's supposed to be a butterfly, not a moth. Yeah, it's supposed to be a butterfly, but it looks like a moth. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> so it's it's a giant butterfly. It's giving everybody a headache. Uh, and, and by uh, the way, that's too many too many helicopters for London. 
We don't have that in the budget. <laughs> so. Well, some flew in from uh, Paris. Um, Obviously. Yeah. All those planes. Our airspace is really crowded. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so they're shooting at Mothra, psych- telepathic Mothra, and Logan's going to shoot at them, but Rogue talks them out of it. Then she bails. Um, she flies, flies, gets hit by psychic blades, tries to save Psylocke, Angel tries to save Rogue. So we can, I guess, transform in stages? So he doesn't turn yeah. blue, but his wings turn metal? Yeah, I don't... What, whatever. Carry yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, Phantom X and Gambit show up in Eva, and but she gets shattered. Uh, Go ahead. Oh. Anyway, Eva gets shattered, and then, um, oh, more fighty fighty, more psychic explosions. Logan jumps off a roof. People will yell at him. Um, we get like a scene that looks like it's from the new Dark Tower trailer, where uh, Gambit uh, charges up some bullets and throws them, and Phantom X catches them in his gun. Oh, yeah. That was kind of interesting. Um, I, th- I thought um, I thought Phantom X had those bullets that like kill mutants. I don't know. Like the screaming bullet things. <laughs> or was that just Morrison? Was that, <laughs> I feel like that was just Morrison's one. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah>, probably. <laughs> screaming bullets. Yeah. We have a screaming old man. Logan's screaming at everybody. You idiots, get out of here. Keep running. Go away. Let me save you, bubs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we get a nice snicked. Um, he says, I'm here. I'm always here. And then Bishop shows up. He's shooting stuff. Angel grabs Bishop. Uh, so their plan is that Rogue is going to drain Psylocke's energy. And she's going to give it to Bishop. He's going to convert it to weaponized energy and shoot it up in the sky. Right. Right? Oh, I I didn't even notice this spider on the building until just now. Yeah, it's turned into a spider. <laughs> right. So that'll come into play Wait, in a minute. So I, I have a question. Okay. About Rogue's powers. Okay. Because Carrie fixed them, but Remenda broke them again. Is she fixed or broken? I don't remember no. what happened at the end of the last, or I guess it's still going. Um, so she got, you remember when she had to share a body with Carol Danvers for a while? And then she shared, yeah, and then she shared a body with Wonder, um, Man, Wonder uh, Man. Yeah, so Wonder Man just left, and I don't remember what state she's in now that they're separated. So I'm not sure. Because I'm assuming that she's in that Mike Carey state where she can do whatever she likes with her powers. Apparently, because like she, she looks pretty in control, right? Yeah. Right, because my That's... question was, how is she absorbing the stuff but not absorbing Bishop's abilities at the same time? Oh, interesting. Technically, she could have just absorbed Bishop's abilities and Psylocke's and then just sorted it out. Herself? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the... yeah. But anyway. I don't know why she didn't do that. Anyway, she tells Bishop not to get any ideas as they telekinetically make out. Um, <laughs> and it's such a kiss that Bishop explodes. 
It's such a weird image as well of them two kissing and Psylocke basically. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah. Like that image, that face is not a I'm in pain face either. No. So you know what I mean. It's a oh, I'm oh. a sleepy sleep. Yeah. Right. Anyway, it just happens and it shoots out of the glass pyramid thing like a little laser cannon. And then they're going to talk about it. We get a little bit of the Gambit Phantom X connection. Apparently Gambit owes Phantom X some money. And Phantom X still doesn't like Psylocke, but he doesn't want to let Gambit out of his sight. Um, and then Beast shows up. Cuz. <laughs> Looking cat-like. For some a little reason, more cat-like, yeah, than usual. Or than usual these days. Um... But he's here, and they're all going to talk. But Psylocke says, no time for talkie-talkie. The Shadow King is here. So yeah. How would you guys feel about seeing the Shadow King? Um. Well, Legion did just happen, so... Yeah, yeah, it makes sense know. in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to see more of the Shadow King. He's an interesting villain, but I, I felt like... This whole issue was a bunch of talky, talky, talky about how we can't talk and we have to do something. <laughs> and the art, the art sort of degrades, like it's slowly dissolving by the end of the issue. Well, it is an yeah, extra like... size book. We paid a hefty four ninety nine for it, so mm. I'm sure as it went it's... on and got rushed. I I understand Psylocke's letter because obviously she has a immense connection to the Shadow King, but right. It... I don't know. I feel like some of these choices are very arbitrary. Like, Bishop just turns up for literally no reason and then tells Logan that he's like, you're the one from that future, aren't you, that everyone died? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's your opening ga- That's your opening statement? <laughs> um, well, he's, generally? He's, he's a pissy dude, yeah. All right, yeah, I guess we should, I guess on the podcast at Ghost Nick, we should mention that, so thank you, Dan. Um, so yeah, so when Bishop pops up, he's like, you're going to kill all the X-Men here, too? And Logan's like, don't want to. Probably won't. <laughs> Bishop's like, guess we'll see. All right, let's rock. <laughs> but that just, it just feels like, you know, he's like, are you going to kill all the X-Men here, too? And hasn't Logan gone into the Shadow King's... Well, I feel like that's because Sewell is not a clever writer. I feel like that's going to be something that he's going to see in his horrors that they're going to obviously experience in the next issue. Oh, right. Because yeah. lo, lo and behold, it's not going to be that obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I do like I do like Spider Shadow King. Yeah. Very creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, Psylocke's plan is everyone has to go to the astral plane because the Shadow King is attacking telepaths to try to, I guess, collect their power so we can break on through to the other side? That would be the plan. Okay. Yeah. So he's been listening to the doors, and um, he's going to break on through, but they're going to try to go to him instead, which, of course, plays right into his hands. His fat, greasy his spider hands. hands. Yeah. <laughs> And um, so so yeah, so he, he he takes the spider thing quite literally, and he's got I what I'm assuming are other telepaths like tied up in spider webs so he can eat their insides. I don't know, but then he's got a safe, and I guess this is the page we're supposed to, our jaw's supposed to drop, right? So he opens the safe, and inside in chains is who? A person who's supposed to be dead. 
Yes. And sh- should probably stay dead. Mm. Professor X. To be continued. Uh, I, I have a continuity question. Okay. When Rogue asked Johnny Storm to basically barbecue Xavier's brain, right? Um, does is that it? <laughs> is his consciousness gone? Because the Red School took his brain, and yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was dead, like forever. I'm not even. Yeah, even in, is, even psychically dead, right? Because like I'm sure he's in heaven with Nightcrawler. We've seen him in heaven with with in Nightcrawler's book, or yes. was it the? Was it Nightcrawler's book yeah. where they mm-hmm. brought Nightcrawler back, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I just assume this is a piece of his psyche that's you know somehow left on the astral plane, like some sort of resonance. Right. Ooh, clever yeah. ring. We'll see. Um, I do like the fact that it is um, the Shadow King that has narrated the whole thing. Right. Yeah, um, that was kind of. I cool. thought that was. That was that was the that was the only thing that I would be like, oh, good for you, Charles. <laughs> I've still not not forgiven you for IVX. Um, so. Well, this book is going to be his response, right? Isn't that what what he was saying? And this will be his response oh, to uh, IVX and Death of X and tie everything together and show the big story, the big picture, answer all the questions. Mm-hmm. So. And everything's like, going to change and nothing will ever be the same again? Oh, well, right, yes. Nothing will ever It'll be well, all new, all different, all astonishing. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my question by the end of it is, why does he still hate the X-Men? The Shadow um, King? Because this, this isn't... Like, this does not read, like, this massive... This is supposed to be the big flagship title. Um, and to directly compare it to... Um, the original Astonishing X-Men 1, at least that felt like an X-Book, and it felt like something was going to change. This just feels like, let's clobble loads of people together for no reason. We'll have the Shadow King as a villain because everyone liked that show that was just done. <laughs> and then give yeah. him a spider body, send everyone into a thing because let's just evoke Claremont as much as we can. With like, I'm sure there's going to be mind control. There's going to be fetishization of women's bodies. <laughs> there's going to be cyborgs. Right. You know, I just, I don't I don't know. I'm sat there and I'm like, meh, meh. And I, I personally think Rogue is better served off the X books and in Uncanny, which is probably one of the be- best X books out there. Is Uncanny Avengers at the oh, moment? Oh yeah, it's it's a great book, and she's great <laughs> in it. I agree. Um, so I feel like putting her in this and destro- it destroys what she's done in that, which has become a leader. This just and, and... Cyborg just going right. Okay, everyone, let's have five panels. It's like George said. Let's have five panels of me discussing that we shouldn't discuss anything <laughs> and just do something. Yeah, right. And that's, that's, how they, that's how they had the double size issue. They just like how <laughs> they should talk. Right. Let's not talk about the fact that maybe what I just did might have hurt me in some way, shape or form, because I'm totally fine with what's <laughs> just happened. Yeah. Like I didn't. I knew she was like a powerful telepath, but I feel like maybe she'd maybe have a nosebleed or something from what's just happened. <laughs> <laughs> just, she's fine. She's fine. And then the, the conversation between Bishop and Angel, and it's because it's to me it's. Um, just it feels lazy 
where Bishop's like, I don't trust anyone, blah, blah, blah. I am literally reset to my 90s <laughs> version of myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm here to not trust anyone. And Archangel's just like, oh, I can't trust myself, because clearly in issue four, I'm going to go psychotic and murder someone right. as Archangel. Right. It's just everything, and like, Phantom X is there for no reason. Right. And if you can't write Phantom X properly, he's really, he's just a really bad bad character to have in a book mm-hmm. like it just doesn't it just doesn't work because right. he's just an a, a gambit but more of a um what's the word more of a more of a twat essentially <laughs> <laughs> um and and I, I i don't know i just and we're having mystique enter this sort of smorgasbord of personality voids that we have right now i, I don't know i just I said I was going to be in a happy mood, but I've just looked through this issue again, and I was like, this is no. Just no. <laughs> I don't, I don't well, want it. There's a couple of things. Um, a, did anybody realize that Gambit stole Bishop's bandana from the cover? <laughs> <laughs> That's the highlight of the issue. Um, the other thing I would say is that I agree it's a little wordy, but there was some good like teamwork stuff that's very reminiscent of X-Men. And so that part I appreciated. Um, and yeah, that part I appreciated. <laughs> and I do think, you know, Dan talked about uh, Soul kind of showing his cards. I will be shocked after Bishop and Angel's conversation if one of these characters doesn't supposedly die, at least for an issue or two. You know, after the Shadow King takes over their comatose body and brings them back to life as a shadow puppet. And then Archangel and Bishop have to, to put them down, right? Because mm. Bishop literally says, you know how this is going to play out. Shadow King's going to come back and take one of these guys. <laughs> and so I assume that's what will happen. <laughs> so anyway, I know George didn't care for the art. Dan, what did you think about the art? I think it starts really strong, um, visually. Um, I think I think as it progresses, it gets a bit messy. Well, not messy. It feels like the, it's the it's the it's the army of Inca's fault. Possibly, I think, yeah. I think as it goes further in, it either looks a little bit more sloppy or in places and a little less defined as at the beginning. Because at the beginning, some of the color work and just the inking is just the certain panels are just lovely to look at like i really and and some panels really stand out and obviously being the snick cast uh, i do have to say that wolverine jumping was quite yeah. a nice um That's off the nice building was a very very lovely panel and the woman at the beginning when her head glows is a beautifully colored uh, yes. panel but i generally think that it just gets less visually interesting and a little bit sloppier sure. as they're all talking which I think is the worst thing you could possibly do in a comic, is <laughs> when everyone's talking, is have it look rubbish. Right. Um, and it just looks, I don't know, it just doesn't... For sure. There's a panel early on of Archangel that's like, or sorry, Angel, or however you want to call him, that's very detailed, and he's got a big smile on his face. And even if it's not like your cup of tea art-wise, you can see all the detail and like care that's put into it. And then at the end of the book, there's a panel of him picking up Bishop, and it does look like messy and just just work through really quickly and like totally very different. You can see as Dan mentioned, that it just, the artwork gets progressively more uh, muddied as, as we move through this book. Right. 
Well, I think. Though I must say, this is my favorite old man Logan uh, interpretation of all we've seen. Because he's not a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> not a monkey. Yes. He's not mainly because he's not a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I agree. The ones that we've talked about as a group is definitely the best. Um, and you know, I like comic art, right? Like, is it's cool because different people can interpret the characters different way, doing their own style. Sure. I think I think where that doesn't work is when the same artist is doing a book, and the characters don't look the same at the end of the yes. book as they do at the beginning of the book. That's really frustrating to me. And I think Dan hit it on the head. I think a lot of that is probably the different inkers. Like how they ink on top of Chung's pencils are going to change the nuance of how the characters look. But, you know, George, you brought not only the action poses of Angel, but facially. Yeah, totally like, different. There's a part where he's t- he's leaning over Psylocke's shoulder and he looks like Cannonball. Like he looks like Sam. Yeah. And he's kind of got this. Be the inker. Like there's just a general look of him. Right. It's different than yeah. the beginning of the book. Right. And so that's that's frustrating. But um, I think I probably enjoyed this a little bit more than you guys, but I didn't love it by any stretch. Um, and yeah, Dan, I saw a lot of a lot of just kind of raving reviews. Um, but mostly what I saw it talked about how much they loved the Psylocke aspect of the story and how they're hoping to really no. see her kind of do something. <laughs> But um, I'm not that. sure I see that either. So I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm I'm a big um, fan of Psylocke, I, um, mainly through. Uh, I tried to reread the '90s Psylocke, and it's it's so hard um, <laughs> to read it. But mainly, actually, mainly from like Crimson Dawn onwards. And I know people are like, oh my god, Crimson Dawn. But when she actually imprisons the Shadow King inside her mind and all that jazz, um, I actually enjoyed that way forwards. And mm. I just here, I just feel like she's she's nothing more than a plot device. She's she's not a character. She's literally the director of the plot, telling everyone what to do and where to go and what's <laughs> happening. And it just it just I don't know. I just and the fact that people are praising it, I'm just like really. Because I, I assume they misconstrued it as taking charge when really it's just the plot needs to move forward now. Right. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing, uh, which, which, in a better writer's hands, may look like Jake taking charge, <laughs> <laughs> but it isn't. Like Greg Pak would have made. We're going to talk about uh, weapons of uh, mutant destruction, and I think when Amadeus speaks in the same sort of vein that we need to do stuff, I think Pak conveys that as the character telling us, not the story telling us. Right. Yeah. Sure. And whereas this is just telling us that the story is moving forward all the time. That's all she does is, I will summon the X-Men. We now need to go into the Shadowland. Right. That's literally it. And I am the focus of your, I am the object in the way before I tell you to go into the Shadowland. So that's, <laughs> that's all That's all she is. Yeah. Um, so, yes. All right. Anyway. So where do you guys want to land on Astonishing X-Men number one? It's hard because... I don't think it's a particularly strong first issue, but it, I can from from someone maybe I'm too close to it uh, to the X Men to or too close to how mechan- the mechanics of comic books work. But for me, uh, it's quite weak. Um, I'm gonna land at two and a half. because the coloring's so good that it deserves points on its own. Right. So. Um, 
Yeah, two and a half. All right, yes. Georgie? Um, I mean, uh, artwork-wise, I think it's pretty clear that I like this the least amongst us. <laughs> I, I was actually really just sort of bored by the majority of the issue, especially because, at least for me, comic books are a visual medium, so if you can't engage me that way, I'm right. going to fall off the story no matter how great the writer is. Right. And since this was lots of word bubbles talking about talking, I just kind of flipped through to get to the end of this thing. So I'm going to give this a, a two. It just, if, if the artwork had maintained its consistency from the beginning, maybe I would have given it a three. Uh, but like, I was just, I was ready to be done with this after like five pages. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm, I think we're going to end up similar neighborhoods. I'm going to give astonishing X-Men number one, three out of six claws. I think had the art been a little more consistent since I think I like Chung a little more than you guys. I maybe could have edged up towards a three, though I think upper side of the three, but I think I'm just pretty straight down the middle. Um, I am interested to a degree. I mean, I like the Shadow King, so I'm, right. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens, but I don't know. Nothing just really like hooked into me with this one. And for a relaunch of Astonishing X-Men, a first issue, and extra pages, and the fact that I paid five bucks for it, like, I wanted a hook, and I didn't really get a hook. And so, I think that... Did you roll your eyes instead of go, oh, wow, did you just go, ugh, Xavier again? <laughs> <laughs> um, much I like me. I don't really miss I... him, so yeah, I mean, I don't know, I'm curious, I guess, to see what... They're just, there better be a good explanation. Because I feel like too many times lately people come back and then just kind of say, oh, we're back. When, which is kind of, you know, perfect example, Lady Deathstrike, when she came back kind of as a villainess in Old Man Logan um, and then leading into the uh, the new Weapon X book, like completely overrides the fact that the last time we saw her, she had made peace with everything. And then just kind of, it's one thing if you want to say, okay, we don't really like where that landed, so let's do something else, but at least address it. And so they need to at least address the fact that, like Dan mentioned, that Rogue had what was left of Professor X's brain barbecued and disintegrated. And, you know, we were under the impression that he was not only physically dead, but psychically dead as well. And so if they're going to bring him back, and this is really him, I just, even if it's not like a great explanation, at least don't try to tell me nothing ever happened. I, I think it would have been more interesting, um, depending on how you feel about the character, if the person in the vault was Cyclops. Yeah, like true. Like adult Cyclops. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think that, that would have made me go, oh, holy shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> apologize for, apologize no, no. for swearing. Because no. um, I feel like Xavier just feels like, um, when it comes to the astral plane, it just feels like a non-starter. Right. If you well, know what I mean. And no one cares. <laughs> no one literally cares about Xavier. But in the Xavier life cycle, it's about time for him to come back. He's He's been a, he's been gone his standard three to four years or more. And so it's it's about, about time for a return. And so uh, we will see. But, um, anyway, let's move on to uh, Weapons of Mutant Destruction. We have parts three and four, which, of course, is Weapon X number five. Totally Awesome Hulk number 21 and our new game um, of how many times can this Stonewall character draw skeletons? 
Um, yeah, can I just say that I got really confused because both of them, both of my front covers say part three on them. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, both of them say part three. Well, I hope so, you yes, read them in the right order. <laughs> so, um, well, Weapon X first, I know, but it literally says part three at the top of Weapon X and part three at the top of Totally yeah. Awesome Hulk. So I was like, which one comes first again? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, well, Weapon X number five, of course, written by Greg Pak. Art by Mark Borstel, maybe. Uh, colors by Frank DiMarta. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Oh, I'm sorry, this I was right. This cover is by Scon. So that Scon and Stonewall are not the same person. They look incredibly similar. And both really do like to draw x-rays. Um, <laughs> anyway, so this is part three of Weapons of Mutant Destruction. Our cover by Scon is a... Uh, we have, a, I guess, a holographic X-ray of a Wolverine Hulk and a very unfortunately placed scientist. Right. Or fortunately. I guess it depends on whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the cover, for me, was the best part of this issue. The artwork inside is awful, um, but this cover is is quite quite nice to look at. I could... Just the way the the colors radiate off of the X-ray, I think it's right. really well done. Yeah. Um, even though we've sort of seen the same thing again and again, right. it, it looks nice. Does he have neck bones? Nah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so we go to Texas, and a little girl finds a mouse, and that's no bueno. So the mom... Angrily, gets angry at the girl, and the dad runs in with a spatula because, you know, going to swat that mouse with the spatula. And then there's a mouse trap that looks like an iPad, but... Yeah, I'm so confused at what was happening. Yeah. I was yeah. For a second, I was like, is, is the mouse being manifested, like, digitally from the iPad? <laughs> it's glue, isn't it? Is it not glue? Yeah, yeah, I think iPad? so. But it just looks weird. Bubble glue. Yeah. Well, it doesn't look as weird as that child's face, that's for sure. Yeah, this whole issue has problems with faces. Yes, yes. What is wrong with her? It's like she's put her fingers in the socket constantly. <laughs> yeah, <and duh>. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Anyway, Daddy makes pancakes to make up for Angry Mom. Um, turns out Angry Mom works at Weapon X, so she's going to go in. And the reason she was so bothered by the mouse is she thought maybe she was being attacked by her robot mice that she's made to attack the blue guy. Poor blue guy. Poor blue guy. Um, so she's apparently coming unnerved. We meet our Bobby kid, Robert Andrews Edwards, that Carla has recruited. Our Weapon X team is going to try to track him down and save him. Um, again, best part of this book, all the dialogue between our, our main characters. Um, well, man, Logan does not look like a monkey. He does have a flat top. Um, right. And Sabretooth has a butt cut straight out of... And he looks like Sean from Boy Meets World, like grown up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so Domino's still about the money. She wants to be paid. Warpath is still insisting on wearing his red goggles. Um, <laughs> so they drive... They find the base. They crash the gate with the car... They fight some android cyborg stuff. And in pages, it should be exciting, but I just can't can't get over how terrible it all looks. Um, 
I just keep seeing the demented faces of like. Yeah. yeah. At one point, I generally thought Domino looked like the Joker. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. yeah. Like the panel that she's just before she crashes into the gate, I generally feel like she's like a proto Joker right? design. <laughs> well, and the one when she is the full page splash of her shooting the gun at the cyborgs. I don't, I don't even know what, mm. what that's going on. There are times where it sort of reminds me of, of Jamie McKelvey and how the, the facial expressions are very detailed, but like a very, very poor man's <laughs> version of that. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going to let you have that comparison. Um, <laughs> I, I see what you're trying to say, though. Yeah, I see what you're trying to say. Sabertooth has the most luxurious hair in this comic. Oh, yeah, <laughs> man. He got some good conditioner between this issue and the last issue. Yeah. So anyway, they deliver some pizza to, uh, uh, I guess, an accountant for this company. They're trying to figure out where the weapons went. He doesn't want to talk, but they talk him into it. Um, my favorite, so then the Weapon X guys see that he's talking. Some bu- pat buzzword goes off as they detonate the nanotechnology inside of him. And my favorite part is he dies, and Logan's like, what the hell? And Sabertooth's like, it's not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) And he drops the pizza, throws his hands in the air. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Um, Yeah. Anyway, the doctor, uh, we have good doctor, bad doctor. We have one who's just maniacally, like, getting off on killing everybody. And then the, the doctor we met at the beginning is coming seriously unnerved and um saber tooth wait is that this issue i'm getting my issues mixed up no it's not okay um so anyway the doctor goes home and she's gonna be subjected to something like a rat in a trap and maybe it was a robot rat because it's still going and it's gonna get the daughter but we won't find out till later because no, no follow-up whatsoever on this in part four. <laughs> right. All right, so I think we all agree the art was pretty bad. What do we think of the story? I kind of felt like this was written by a different person. <laughs> I didn't feel like it, it Like it just jumped. Like in, like there's all of a sudden there's new characters in there, and the next issue there's no resolution. We don't. It, it felt like someone else was coming in to like, hey, can you just like fill in on this issue? I can't really like keep get you up to speed of what happened previously, but can you just write something with these characters? And they did it, and then they had someone come in to draw who also wasn't involved with the process. So it feels very fill-in and, and unnecessary. Like, this is the first part of this series that I felt like, oh, we're slipping here. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it felt very much like the, the bits with the um, other Doctor was very much like the last one, which is like... It, and where we're going to go to, it's like a cute framing device for the, for the issue of, oh, look at Weapon X. Um, look how evil they are. But, um, you know what I mean? It just felt like, and and here we are to remind you that they shock women and have robot rats that kill blue people. Um, I do like the banter, or banter, however you want, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to say, between our main characters. I feel like that exists yes. um, in spite of the rest of the book. Um, so I, d- I generally was kind of like, oh, well, this is like treading water. Um, how many parts is this again? Is what I thought <laughs> when I finished it. 
Right. I feel like the first couple issues were really moving forward and like getting into the story, and now it's like, hold on a second, we got to sell a few more copies. Right. Let's uh, let's add let's pad this out. Yeah. I, I feel like they held they're holding out because they had to announce the picture for San Diego Comic Con of what Hulk Wolverine would look like. Oh, <laughs> maybe. And had to time it right. Yeah, maybe they shouldn't have double shipped everything. But, um, <laughs> what's what's that? How dare I say that? Um. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, my favorite part of the book was uh, Logan and Sabretooth interrogating the scientist and and all the talk about we're not going to kill him, and then he dies, and Sabretooth's like, ah, hold on. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. It felt very filler. Um, I'm going to give this just a very Paul's with three out of six claws. What were you guys? Did it dip further than that for either of you, or did either of y'all have a little more mercy on it? Go ahead, Dan. Um, I think it, it's so f- I, I totally forgot it existed. Um, <laughs> I to can, be honest, I can be talked down to it too. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> so, so I feel I feel, I feel like it's, it isn't fair to give it free. Um, right. It isn't fair to give it one. So I'm going to have to like. Maybe settle on a two, because okay. it's really forget. It's really forgettable, and it feels like it's slammed the brakes on the event mm. as well. So it's a no no from no, me. No no, no no. Weapon yeah. X number five kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, right, George, I agree. What about you? It's a number. T- the artwork was was terrible throughout. Yeah, I didn't like it. I- I wish I could forget the issue existed. That's how I felt. Um, I, except for the cover, everything looked awful in this book. I I don't know why it exists. It's a two. I, I can't give it a one. It's not like offensively awful, but it's it's really not good. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So, Totally Awesome Hulk, number 21. Written by Greg Pak. Art by Robert Gill. Colors by Nolan Woodard. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. You hear oh. that? Woohoo. All right. And covered by Stonehouse. This one, they're trying to put a skeleton back together. You know, like the arm bone's connected to the shoulder bone. And uh, they got little... Basically. Yeah. It's a fine cover. I mean, it's good. Right? <laughs> right. It says part four yeah. top of this issue as well. You're right, Dan. Oh, mine says part four. Yeah, that must be a digital thing. Maybe, maybe they realized that the other part three was nonsense. So they just <laughs> deleted its existence. Part three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so finally Carla shows up with our Andrew kid. Like, what's his name? No, Bobby. Like, two issues ago. It took them that long to drive. Uh, they get there. He's kind of nervous, but he's still kind of gung-ho at the same time. They introduce him to everybody in the facility. They give him a anti-X-Men nightmare drug. Uh, I like right. how Wolverine's claws have teeth. Even the claws have fangs. Um, and of course we have 90s Cyclops and 90s Sabretooth. And we even have Evil Hulk. And he's like, no, no, they killed my brother. Take off the glasses. And he gets to meet the Reverend. And he is going to be uh, H. Beta. But Dr. Jessica Alba's like, you know what? 
All these guys have been such true believers and they've all failed. Maybe, maybe, we, maybe we need a guy that's not indoctrinated, so I have H-Alpha. We're going to make two Hulks. And they hint... Wouldn't that have been better if it was the girl that they electrocuted in the last issue? Right? Yeah. Some connective tissue, maybe. I don't know. But they do... I don't know if it's just like a attitude comparison or if this is going to turn out to be something else, but there is a comparison to Wolverine, right? Like, this one's more like Wolverine. So we'll see, you know, if that has any actual bearing on who the person is or not. Um, like you said, uh, Amadeus kind of gives a plan, but it feels just very organic. Um, Sabretooth wants to blow everybody up, just nuke the whole place, but Amadeus is like, no, there's a school and a hospital. And um, we see the guy get in the vat. He doesn't look happy once he's in there. Maybe he has a little buyer's remorse. Um, uh, Hulk takes the bomb. Sabretooth attacks him. Uh, there's some fighting between Hulk and Sabretooth. Uh, they send the Hulk out of the sky. He blows up. He jumps back in the plane, beats Sabretooth. And Sabretooth is like, now we're talking. And um, they go to make a pizza delivery, but instead it's a... Um, Pizza talk with machine guns. Huh. I miss anything? <laughs> no, I like you rushed through that so fast, but it's such a better book than the previous uh, installment of this yes. series. Yeah, this was like a return to form. It was like, okay, this is what I was here for. This is the good stuff. Right. This is the part three that I I do have. <laughs> um, this is the right one. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, continues the story, right? And um, right, I like I like this art a lot better. Um, yes. Yeah, and, this uh, is a beat we had previously on the book, right? Yes, he's been on Awesome Hulk at least as long as this run. So, and I think maybe a little bit before he took over right after Azrar, but I don't remember how long ago. Yeah, the artwork in here is is I think maybe the best of all the artwork we're going to read. Or talk about today. This was this is wonderful. Awesome. It reminds me of Billy Tan. A little bit, yeah. In places. I can see that. But yeah, so we all agree this is kind of a... You can just kind of ignore the Weapon X issue and jump right to this one. You will be fine. And you'll have a better story. Um, I'm kind of back up to four out of six claws on this one. Where are you guys... I'm I'm with you at four. It it was nice. It it felt like um, the other one didn't matter, and we're back on track. So, right. quick save. <laughs> quick <Easily>. save. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a bunch of of standout panels, especially when he has the the nightmare goggles on. Yeah, uh, that Hulk down the corner looks amazing. Yeah, it does. I I was so happy to have this after reading the previous. Uh, what. Not just the issue in this series, but the other. What, what did we read before this? Uh, um, astonishing. Exactly. And, astonishing. Yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, this is something I'm enjoying. Uh, I, I really love this series. I'm going to give this a four. Awesome. Very good, very good. So that is our catch-up on Weapons of Mutant Destruction. One meh and one pretty good. Definitely overall, still definitely recommend the series. It's been a great story. Um... So, we talked about a rebound. Let's see if we believe that X-Men Blue made a rebound. 
We're going to talk about X-Men Blue number seven, the Secret Empire tie-in, which um, kind of pretty loosely ties in. So I have some questions before we even get started. Um, Yes. I have not been reading, and I don't remember what it's called, um, but the Secret Empire tie-in series about Nutian or Nutian, however you say it, where Emma Frost is in charge of the mutant state. Um... And I kind of feel like I was missing a lot <laughs> by not Same reading that. Um, and so that's definitely going to affect kind of how I read this. So I just want to put that out front. And right. are either, so, of, you, are um, either of you reading that? So I read it because okay. it's, it's a one shot. It was a one shot. Oh, and, really? Um, yeah, yeah. And even, even that, reading that makes this just as confused because... In the context of that book and the context of Secret Empire, um, maybe not anymore. Emma's actually controlling everything from behind the scenes. Okay. Like, um, in the context of the book that you uh, mentioned, is um, Zon is the head of state um, with Sebastian Shaw and Hank McCoy is his um, advisors and angel as like the the sort of um council if you were and the big reveal of that book was that emma is literally talking through who's on and it's completely manipulating the situation so it confused me because it made such a big deal of it um in obviously an entire one shot about it so it confuses me that a in the main secret wars title she is just random not main secret wars title some of the other like tie-in stuff she's just randomly walking around happy as you like if you know what i mean right. and in this she's she's an actual member of the council it, ne- it was never made clear that she was a member of the council it was made clear that she just walks because um captain america goes to talk to zon because of some incident and Zon speaking, then he says something like, um, isn't that right, Emma? And she walks from behind the throne. Oh. And it's completely like she's controlling it completely. And it's them two have an agreement that she would like subdue them. And then you find out loads of stuff like the dupe, uh, Faustus is all like brainwashing mutants to attack um, uh, Tian, New Tian. Or something okay. to like create like a rebellion within the mutant uh, community, and yeah, and so there's this like idea because of all, the whole idea of Secret Empire is the idea of like maybe possible mind control. The reason why a lot of people have just instantly joined Hydra, and obviously in the mutant city, country, whatever it's called, the idea that Emma's pushing everyone around and changing okay. people's minds slightly. Right. Um, so why are there so, detainment camps? And yeah, that, uh, that that made no sense because it was it's supposed to be a free. There wasn't that, that hasn't. I'm sure that hasn't been mentioned. If it has, then one of your listeners will tell me. Right. But like, there weren't any like prison camps or anything. That was all inhuman stuff. That's what was doing yeah. happened to the inhumans. Okay. But the whole deal was with Magneto was you have a country. Right, you can be free. Um, yeah. You can be free. You just can't be the head of state of it, Magneto. Um, you know what I mean? Could but we were hunting the mutants right. down. We'll just send them to you. But now they're getting put in camps or something. Like it's gone totally off off Yeah. Like this this whole head. this like 
there's a couple issues here with multiple characters are appearing in multiple issues and they're portrayed like differently in each issue. <laughs> like Archangel here is, is very much like the bad character, but Angel in the other X book, Astonishing, was like part of the team. And the same with Beast, like he's part of the council in this issue, but he's helping out Psylocke in the other issue. And and these young X-Men just suddenly are in another location here and stuff goes down. It was like a bloody mess. And not just that, I got really confused because, you know, the, when they um, sent... Because even, like, we're all ex-fans, ex but even, like, my cursory knowledge of characters were get, was getting utterly broken. Because I was like, <laughs> can Wolves... What's wrong with Wolves playing fingers? Secondary... They went crazy with the secondary mutations, for sure. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that. What so let's... That What? When did these secondary mutations start happening with these these characters? Well, apparently all these happened yeah. off panel. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't mind secondary mutations. The the concept's fine, but my lord, just throw them all at once. <laughs> just like, <laughs> it's like pull them out of a hat, kids. That's we're yeah. going to fight some young X Men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so, all right. So X Men Blue number seven, of course, written by Colin Bunn, art by Corey Smith. Now to say up front, um, I'll say my final judgment for the end, but loads better than the last artist we had. Um, yes. Colors by Matt Mia. Yeah. Uh, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and the cover by Arthur Adams and Peter Stegewald. I do really like Art Adams' Hydra logo. That's pretty badass. Sure. And the X Men. In general, I like the cover, but Gene has ass out, tits up sort of. Yeah, yes, Gene, Gene, Gene is a problem. Thank you, Arn Adams. <laughs> 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 when do you see the next one? We get some '90s cleavage on number eight. Hoorah! Yeah. Um, well, it is Emma Frost. She is a bit yes. slutty. Yeah, okay, that makes sense though. Don't don't sweat shame her, Dan. Um, <laughs> I do love her new costume now that she um. She, she's no longer wearing the bucket on her head. Right, so is she not cackling Wicked Witch of the West anymore? Because that's where she ended up I, at Death of X. I don't understand I what's don't. going on. I was having a migraine reading this one. Um, yes, it makes no sense. It's weird because it's not... Well, anyway. Um, yeah, so Jean is using Cerebro to find all these mutants. Oh, whoa, look at that. They're all in New Tien which also has the uh, island of Utopia. And they're going to go rescue this detainment camp, which is, you know, that that's, makes sense what they would do, right? If there was right. a, a mutant detainment camp, they would rescue it. Still not so sure why it's quickly, there. Sorry to jump in, but the yeah. guy with, like, the hand that transforms into, like, guns, what's his name? Uh, like Random. 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 Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That was, like, gnawing at, my, at, at me for a while. Right. Which he's connected to the one shot because he's one of the terrorists to um, blow up the border patrol. So he gets oh, in prison okay. from that. Issue. So that's why he's in jail. So. Okay. All right. Well, Dan, why don't you uh, why don't you take it from there? I feel like I'm talking well, too much. After the after the daring escape or daring breakout, I suppose is the best turn. We have Emma basically saying, "Let's hunt them down because it's all good." Because Hydra's in charge. We can do whatever we like. Um, Beast is essentially just allowing this to happen because 
he has no moral fibre left. Um, <laughs> and um, the young, the young, our young heroes end up in a bunker where a newly costumed Jimmy, no longer looking that. like a hobo. Hate it. Hate really? it so much. Okay, so let's let's talk about that. Um because I didn't <laughs> love it at first. Wolverine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's definitely a makeshift Wolverine costume. Um I didn't really like it that much at first until I started noticing the similarities between it and the other costumes. And it kind of fits in the theme like a Wolverine version of what the other guys are wearing. So in that regard, I kind of gave it a little bit of credit. Um, I like it. No, the costume itself is not the problem. It's that suddenly he's Wolverine now. Here's your Wolverine costume. Like, <laughs> why do I feel like you've earned that costume in any way? It's because once you have some claws, you literally just have to pop some claws and you get the t-shirt. That's essentially right. what, in this case, the uniform. Is that right. what it is? If your hands go you snicked, the costume fits. Oh jeez. <laughs> so our our young our young heroes have a little bit of and it was great to see a Magneto character from yeah. the Magneto series yeah, um, yes. come back. Yes. So that was lovely to see. Um Briar being awesome, the best dialogue in the book, and then all of a sudden boom bang, a random slew of Ex Avengers, dead mutants, and other mutants that no longer <laughs> resemble themselves um, attack everyone in a mess of imagery um, where people are microwaving e- each other and bashing each other, and now there's like Archangel flying and slicing people, and it just gets worse when I'm sure he's not inverted, but a sort of really sinister, villainesque havoc turns up in a Phantom of the like mask. And then Wait, he just he, like... he inverted, or what, what happened with that? Yeah, he, he, in Uncanny that. Avengers, uh, when they went to the fu- one of the alternate futures, his face got burned off. So he's, right, he's, yeah, he, no, that, yeah, he's fine. like all evil now, right? So what happens in here, like... Would the good characters turn bad and the bad characters turn oh, good? Oh, Axis? Yeah. Is yeah. he still Is he still like that? I have no idea. Well, Sabretooth is. Yeah, Sabretooth is still pussycat, yeah. But obviously Tony Stark, Deadpool, and nearly everyone else was turned back. But Havoc seems evil, but then in IVX, he seemed fine when he right. let Emma go. Yeah. Like he, he was like, you've done bad, but I'm doing it for my brother. And he actually seemed like... Havoc here, he literally is like, I'm evil, look at my evil mask. Yeah. Um, and so they beat the little kiddies, and then probably the only panel of the page that I've actually excites me is um, the end, where young Scott is confronted by Emma Frost for the first time since everything's gone down. Right. Um, which is the only reason I look forward to the next issue. <laughs> um <laughs> And it's the only highlight of that entire issue for me is those two meeting. Right. Um, so, yes. Right, well, How you, did you find it, gentlemen? You what, may have explained we... away some of my beef. If if Havoc is still evil, then I'm okay with this. If he's not, the character choices of who's kind of on Emma's side here, like who's in her goon squad, doesn't make sense to me. I don't think Havoc would make this decision, but if he's still inverted, then fine. Um... Firestar doesn't fit in here. I don't nope. think I don't think Wolfsbane does either. Marrow, fine, who cares? I don't remember who Mondo is. 
And I was surprised he's still alive. He is alive. Remember? Do you do you remember in Gen X he actually is alive, but he just they just wrote him out of the book anyway. No, what I mean is he hasn't been around for so long. It's like, oh yeah, he's still around. He's still a character. Forgot yeah. about him. To, to to be honest, I was like, why, why is Firestar? Yeah, like yeah. generally because she hates Emma Frost. Right. I mean, like, you did get some Firestar v Iceman, uh, classic Spider-Man and his amazing friends face off. Um, <laughs> and then Camaro can we just talk actually. About can, can, yeah. Okay. Can we please talk about Will Spain. So not only does because she have only... long Tim Burton claws, but she can also turn herself into a wolf pack. Because like I know that she got. Because I love Peter David's X Factor run, and I know right. she got extra powers when she was oh. pregnant with um, the that demigod. However, she was revert- her powers reverted back to normal at the end of that series. Obviously, Bun has decided to just give her a multitude of secondary mutations <laughs> for no apparent reason, or the artist has decided that she's Lady Deathstrike. God right. knows. Um, but I was kind of like, can't we just? It's kind of what happened to poor old. Um, Madrox, it's like bring them back and destroy them, <laughs> and then right. and see what happens. Because I would have loved Wolfsbane to. Because isn't let's be honest, there's a new mutants movie out next year. They probably will maybe make a new mutants comic, possibly. <laughs> so you know. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, they will. So, they will. Maybe it'll be we'll as make. good as the Gen X one. Gen X comic. I'm so glad we're not reviewing that as well. Um, maybe maybe yeah. the new Mutants movie will be as good as the Gen X TV, TV movie. <laughs> Possibly. It's supposed to be a horror film, so who knows. Um, can I just jump script. in? Can I, can I just jump in and give this two out of two out of six? Okay. And just end it there for me. Because I, I didn't like it at all. Apart from that last page, the art's much better than the last one, but it, right. it's still messy. It's still so messy in places. It is. I just, I think it's completely broken. It's it. The event has shattered it. it mm-hmm. Whatever made it good, it's shattered the pieces, and I just hope that after this, it repairs itself. Because he couldn't do it in uncanny, and so he, so, I'm kind of with you because Bun, his uncanny volume started off really strong. And got completely derailed by, um, was it Civil War or Secret Wars? Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, something else. What was it? His runs are always getting interrupted. Yeah, and he doesn't he doesn't bounce back very well from them historically, I find. Because um, after the events, oh, it was that Apocalypse Wars. His Uncanny book was never the same after that. Never, ever. No. Like... And he went and did that weird Archangel story and did some other stories that just weren't up to speed. And I, just, I don't know. I hope, I hope he can come back. I am, like Dan, looking forward to Young Cyclops versus Emma. Like, that's interesting. And I think there's bits here that are interesting. But the whole, I was just, I was, the whole time I was so confused that I couldn't enjoy it. And maybe yeah, that's my it fault. Really I don't know. It takes you out of place. Like, suddenly they're in this whole other location. You're like, what happened? Why is this happening? Yeah, I thought oh. they were going to be trained to be ninjas in Madripoor. <laughs> yeah. Like, I generally you. think, because um, this is what the book Ian's reading, the next book that I've managed to get him to reading. Uh, and I think <laughs> this one might actually, this, this will be the issue that might actually turn him off. Right. Reading it anymore. 
because I think it's so alienating for us, let alone a new reader that he, did, he doesn't even care about Secret Empire. Like, he doesn't even know what it is. So that's just going to... He's going to be like, what's, why is this happening? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. But no, I'll, be, I'll have to fill everything in. I'll have to be like a running commentary as he tries to read it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm with uh, you. I thought the art was a lot better, but it wasn't exciting by any stretch. So I'm going to also go... Um, Kind of alter, alternating between two and a six. I'm going to land on two out of six claws. I'm sorry, two and a three, not a two and a six. Oh, my goodness. I just had an aneurysm. Um, <laughs> what about you, Georgie? Yeah, this is another two. Like, the artwork is much improved, and it could have been better if they'd gone back to the regular story, but what ha- yeah. I just felt so out of place. I... I uh, and I like, I'm a Havoc fan, so I like seeing him show up, but it was like, what's going on with this character? Right. He can be like really visually interesting to, to oh, draw yeah. as well with his powers. And there, there are certain panels where they start to like approach something interesting, but ultimately he just sort of stands there and glows blue. It's, it's kind of boring. Right. Yep. I agree. All right. X-Men goal number eight, another Secret Empire tie-in, barely. Um, written by Martin Guggenheim art by Ken Lashley colors by Frank Martin with a little assist by Andrew Crossley letters by VC's Corey Pettit that was very weak in the background (laughs) Uh, cover by Arnie and Seoff Jay and David Curiel and I know we talked about not really liking the design for Punisher X but I kind of like this cover I don't know Maybe it just tickles the right 90s bone. But um, it's basically him just standing there. And then in the background, there's like a shooting range with photographs of the gold roster. And he's put a bullet hole through each forehead. Um, I don't know. I kind of liked it. I mean, as Couches a... is all I'm going to say. What you say? <laughs> as a concept, it's not a bad image, right? Right. Yeah, I think it's... He looks better here than he did in the previous issue, for sure, for sure at least on the cover. Right. Is his design... Is he supposed to be the Executioner? From, like, Executioner's song? Oh, Like, his face and mask and stuff. I don't know. Is he supposed... Because he, he looks... The, the face looks really familiar. Not the rest of the 90s get-up. Just, the, like, the, the design with the, the way it is. Maybe I'm thinking of something completely different. It was an executioner, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. X-Men who used to hunt down mutants. It, yes. I just feel like he, he evokes that imagery slightly yeah. for me. It's yeah. not a good evocation. I, I don't <laughs> care for that either. But um. Yeah. All right. Well, Georgie, what happens in this one? All right. So we continue off where the last uh, issue left us off fat with Peter about to be shot in the face. Only they sort of slightly retcon, so he's not actually hit. <laughs> but uh, what's her name? What's her new nickname? P- Prestige. Prestige. Thank you. Like that movie. Um, redirects the <laughs> bullet to good. the guy's face, and then we get a bunch of terrible artwork as there's some fighting action, and Kitty takes on Executioner, Punisher X guy. Um, then we see some panels of Mister Rockskin and Dust trying to. Uh, you know, fix the bomb situation, but lo and behold, they can't. They need Kitty, 
And so she has to bring everyone with her because they're injured and Peter can't transform. So we get some awful looking panels of Kitty floating through the air. And I don't know what's going on with her hairline and her face. It's like she's mutating between different <laughs> panels of ugliness. And then we, we, we jump to uh, the streets of New York where Nightcrawler is getting beaten to death. And um, <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed. <laughs> old man logan and storm show up to, to, to help and for some reason old man logan's muscles have like all these black porous spots on on them i don't <laughs> what's, I don't know what's happening with his flexing here on his shoulders he looks kind of grotesque i don't know if you guys have a comment on any of this he looks like a werewolf <laughs> monster vampire monster yes i don't get it i guess so, it's better than a monkey <laughs> yes, he doesn't look monkeyish at least. Um, and then Wolverine's like, or sorry, Logan's like, oh, how did they not kill him? And Nightcrawler's like, well, they did kill me, but I can't die because heaven doesn't want me anymore. And, <laughs> oh my god. And then he goes, oh yeah, that did happen where his body was formed from a bunch of vamps and we never really got a. Did we get a resolution on why exactly that happened? Or did I just drop off the book before they explained it? I'm just going to no, because he happened. because he chose to escape from heaven, he can't go there. But his spirit's too pure to go to hell or something. I don't know. Well, yeah. So my question is his body formation because they just like put a bunch of bamps together and he like took over the body. Oh right, yeah. What right. does that ever really get explained? No, I think he's just normal. But you know, what'd be awesome if there are like a bunch of dead bamps laying around right now. Like, like Storm scares everybody off, and Nightcrawler's like on a pillow of dead bamps. Like they, right. they got I never, beat under, out I never understood the bamps. I never wanted them in the first place. <laughs> uh, oh, I want a plushie. I want a bamp stuffed animal. So basically, Nightcrawler's like, "Yeah, I can't, can't go to heaven because they don't want me." And they're like, "Huh? Okay." Um, and then we're back in the mansion, and we get some more fight scenes of of weird looking kitty. Uh, and uh, Peter's like, I gotta help. And what's uh, the guy made of rocks name? Rockslide. Rockslide's like, hey, idiot, don't go in. You don't have any powers. And and Klaus is like, I have to because I'm stupid. Um, and then we go to Russia, <laughs> where two guys are meeting in a construction site for no reason. And then some ninjas appear. The hand appears, and they're like, Hey, you here's here's your cargo, and, and here's the payment, and they. These, these Russian guys are getting the body of Arkady Rostovich, who, please help me, who that who is that? Omega Red. Omega Red. Okay, that's what I thought. Wonderful. So that happened. Oh, right. So is it is it the, is it the Russians that are getting his body? Because I generally thought that the, the ninjas were getting it. I got so confused. No, the, the ninjas what? were giving it to him, right? And taking a, taking the the slave people. Right, I'm not, I thought it was the Russians were getting the Omega Red back and the ninjas were getting the slave people, but yeah, do I have that I thought. reversed? No, I think you're right. Because okay. they ask, why do you want him? Right. Or no, no. The I, Rush... assume the, I, sh- I assume they're the hand. Yes. Um, which says, means he's, al- he's alive, right? <laughs> the Russians say, I can't imagine what use the hand would have for them. So I, that's why right. I felt like the slaves are going to the hand. Uh, right. Right. Maybe I just re- I read it wrong. I think the last bubble wig is, I for one don't know what use you have. 
for the remains of. I thought the bubble was on one of the Russians, not not the ninjas. Ah. In my my yeah. my my. my, my it's not super clear, and this is like very sudden the story as well. So that was kind of a surprise. Well, it's an aside. Yeah. Then we're back to the mansion, and Kitty's got a, a, a blade because she has to emphasize how much of a ninja she is. And they fight some more. And these panels don't look as bad as the previous panels. She kind of looks like Kitty again for some reason. Um, and then they fight some more, and Kitty wins. And the dude's like, yeah, but mutants are evil, so I'm going to shoot you. And she says, well, if you're going to shoot me, then shoot me. And then, okay, resolution. Um, the rock guy comes in, rock slide punches him, and everything's fine. Oh, well, Colossus got shot. Right, which, fine. Like, it's so <laughs> pointless being in the book. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Right. And then at the end, she gets served papers to testify. and <gasps> Papers to testify. And yeah. that's the end of the issue. Well, it's the mutant yeah, deportation act. Right. Sorry. It's like, we've done this again. Like, how many times? How many times? <laughs> well, how many times has she been served papers? Or how many times? <laughs> <laughs> oh, how many times is there another law that's going to, like, make mutants illegal? Like, how? Like, I can't but this deal with more. Question, question. This is uh, the Secret War tie-in. Yeah. Secret Empire. Yeah. Oh, Secret Empire, sorry. Right. Sorry. Um, yeah, they mention so, it. They say New York days later after Manhattan has been freed from the Dark Force dimension. <laughs> so they're still they're still fine. <laughs> like yeah, so, so they're still fine with everything that's gone on in Secret Empire. To just be like, right, so we're sending mutants away. <laughs> like you know what I mean? So the <laughs> yeah, time like, is just those five lines of, of dialogue or, or like narration. Yeah. Essentially. The, yeah. The, the, <laughs> well, I mean, that's why that's why Nightcrawler got beat up. So, I mean, there's that part, too, right? Because they thought he was a Dark Force demon. Right. I mean, oh, this is so ridiculous. This book. <laughs> so, what so do you guys I... think about, about art, story, et cetera, et cetera? Um, what are your points? Can I, can, I, can I just do my usual storm count of she spoke twice <laughs> and once was by the right lady? Brightly. I'm totally getting my storm fix that this book promised me. Um, uh-huh. Where to start, though? Um, I think it looks messy. I think the instant Deus Ex Machina of Rachel Gray being, was it, punched out or whatever it is? Or gassed? Yeah. Gassed? Yep, gassed. Why didn't she, like, why didn't she, right, so she literally flings a bullet into the guy's face, which obviously is laced with antimantium because we're back in the 90s and everything is antimantium. Um, and then she he shoots bullets at them. Why doesn't Rachel just stop them all? Like, literally, stop them all. If she can stop a single bullet hitting him at such a speed and velocity, why doesn't she just put a force field up like she did with the last blooming alien thing that she fought? Or why don't she just lift him up and break his arms and just end the problem right there and then? <laughs> I mean, no one's thinking about anything. She's just, let's gas her. Because... She has to touch her face to use her powers, it would seem. She has to touch this weird little... <laughs> That's what they're for. <laughs> yeah. One's on, one's an off. Right. I, I just, I, I don't know, I just feel, it's just off. And the whole, I'm bored of Colossus being completely turned into, I love Kitty, and I must prove my love by almost killing myself all yeah. the time. 
any because that's how people prove love to each other. <laughs> by, by getting shot. That's how I married Denise. I got shot. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, baby, I love you." <laughs> and I must admit that the whole nightcrawler thing literally makes me want to throw up in my own mouth. Um, it's just stupid. It's yeah. idiotic, and it is pointless. I've just had to. I've just seen him kiss Rachel, which was enough for me to go, "Oh my god, that's Excalibur fan fiction." I don't <laughs> want to see. It. You know what I mean? Right. Now I'm having like he can't die. Where is Nightcrawler? And where has since they brought him back? Where the f- has I actually been as a character? Like what? Nothing. When if there's anyone used used him properly, it's like he can't die now. So now we're gonna have another mopey. I'm hitting on the hot ginger. Well, I suppose that's the best <laughs> thing about it, about his personality at the moment. It's it. I don't know. And even Logan's sideline this time. It's just just. Yeah, he just gets to growl. It's like let him go, and he'll answer to me and her. And it's all cool that you know they're throwing dust, uh, who is completely not not in it really and rock slide into the mix to be like oh look there's loads more kids they can fight um but it just everything feels just like oh it's all down to kitty and it it upsets yeah. me that it wants sort of trained x-man like pixie is just basically a victim right by this dude I like that. isn't particularly that skilled may i say he's not like really skilled he's just got weapons isn't like pixie um, from what I remember, got a shard <laughs> of the soul sword inside inside her. Like she's got her own soul dagger. She can teleport and she can make people hallucinate. Um, right. I feel like she deal with the problem. Oh, and I generally feel like all of them are overtrained for this one random killer. And the whole caveat of him being in there because they're trapped within the dark dark force dimension is literally means nothing. Because they're supposed to be trapped in the Dark Force dimension while this is happening. Yet the kids outside, when they send everyone outside, it's not dark. Oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of is. It's hazy. And it's supposed to be, it's supposed to, no, but it's supposed to be loaded with demons. They're all just chilling, having a picnic while there's a murderer <laughs> inside them. Yeah, the yeah exactly. I, it's, it's totally all over the place. And I feel like it is just attempting to. Well, like it's always been doing, which is trying to capitalise on that nostalgia of we have the characters that you love, but we're not going to do anything with any of them. Which is, I would rather have him just write a Kitty Pride book and it be honest and be like, this is a Kitty Pride book. There are guest stars, but it is literally a Kitty Pride book. Right. I, I have no, I have no qualms of an X Men book having a lead character, but when it's supposed to be a team, a um, book, and the whole point of this book was supposed to like bring that. Um, sort of Claremont classic era team together uh, it's, it just depresses me that some of the most interesting characters and the, the strongest characters in the X-Men are just one word one line people like I'll just do Storm has been reversed into Halle Berry in these books she is literally <laughs> Storm yeah. um, Nightcrawler is just pointless the, all the characters are just bend to Kitty's will like she's the most important thing I just I don't know I just I, I'm I'm done with it I am I'm done with it I think it looks horrible as well because I'm not a big fan of Ashley's art and I know it's subjective but I think there are places where it just looks horrible oh, yeah. Monster Wolverine is a is a, is is a case in point 
And mm. there, were, there were like eight panels of, of Kitty, all different, all sort of ugly, all like off off character model. You're just like, what's what's happening here? This is not the same character from panel to panel, and it's a mess. It's a bloody mess. And I apologize for my mini run. All I'm going to say is I just don't like it at all. I think it is is it's a it's a as you guys would call it a trash can on fire. Um, <laughs> and so I would give it the lowest number I can, which is one, because I think it's just pointless and it's just a horrible horrible comic book. <laughs> it's just not enjoyable for me at all. Right. Um, so sorry for being so negative. No, it's all right. <laughs> I'll say just one thing, and then I'll let you speak because you really haven't spoken very much on the book. But um, this this comic, I feel like, is as Dan said, is all about Kitty, and I don't feel like it really gets the characterization of Kitty down. It's just I'm tough leader, must fight. I must do everything. I'm Kitty. Right. I'm the best, and right. that's all the book's been doing for like the since its inception. So I I don't. The artwork is, is terrible. I I'm with Dan. Uh, this is this is really a low point for for X books. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I didn't like the art overall that much. Um, as Dan described, Monster Wolverine is particularly horrible. I did like. There's one pose of Kitty after she she sneaks downstairs with the sword. They have the fight. She gets hit with the power damper, so she has to only use her ninja skills. And there's a, a pose of her, like in a ninja pose with a sword behind her back. I enjoyed that panel. Um, and yeah, and I enjoyed that panel. Um. <laughs> no, 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 no. You were right. That is probably the, the highlight of the art, is that panel. Because it, it gets everything right in that one moment. Right. And I, it's not enough. so bad. It actually looks like Kitty instead of just random woman with short hair. Right. And I think Guggenheim is trying. Um, I'm not saying everything is working, but this issue to me oozed effort. Um, there's a part where where we finally get kind of the the standoff between Kitty and Puncher X, and you know, he kind of gives the generic, oh, you killed my family, so I'm going to kill every mutant ever. Um, it's kind of dumb. But then there's a part where Kitty's like, you know what, you're right. There's too many times we haven't worried about the bystanders. And I feel like, I feel like Guggenheim's trying to tell a story there, and just it gets lost in everything else. Um, and then, you know, the, the Deportation Act, I think, is an attempt, obviously, to kind of relate to current events, right? Um, you know, with particularly, like, with immigration issues and stuff like that in our country. I think could be an interesting correlation. Like, X-Men should correlate to stuff like that. It should correlate to stuff like, you know, Danny spent the day at a Pride Parade. Like th- those are issues, like, X-Men should kind of relate to and stand for, and I... I think Guggenheim wants that to happen. He doesn't really know how to make it happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't hate this issue as much as you guys, I don't think, but I didn't really enjoy it either. Um, in Omega Red, like I have fond memories of him, but I also have very 90s memories of him. So I don't really know how that's going to play out. I don't necessarily have a good feeling about it. Um, <laughs> but we'll see, I guess. 
Um, yeah, I'm kind of, I guess just to be different, I was right there between a two and a three. I'll, I'll just to try to end the show on a positive note, I'll go three out of six claws, but I'm, I'm with you guys. If this book suddenly disappeared, I wouldn't really miss it. <laughs> All right, so real quick, let's talk about Jean Grey number four. Um, no Wolverine character in it, but um, it's written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Harvey Talabayo, or Talabayo, maybe? Colors by J. David. Uh, sorry. He's upset with no Wolverine in the book. Yes, he is. It's too bad. It's one of the better books of the of the episode. Um, yeah. Colors by J. David Ramos and Dono Sanchez Almera. Letters by VCs Travis Lanham. And the cover is by David Yarden. And again, I, I'm going to say best cover of the week, I thought. Um, Gene with a telekinetic axe, or no, hammer. Thor has the axe, but Thor, the unworthy Thor, Odinson is behind her. They're fighting some ogres. It's a pretty great cover, I think. What do you guys think? I enjoy the cover. I think it's quite fun to see. It's kind of like a gung-ho, swashbuckly sort of thing vibe to it, so I quite like it. Yeah, I think the biggest issue is that a quarter of the book is covered up in the corners. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Resurrection. I do. Lo- I still. I still will always love that little phoenix uh, symbol in the Y. I don't know why. I just like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good logo. Yeah. Right. So Gene is uh, met with Namor, who's basically said, "Suck it up, Buttercup. You can't beat this, but unless you go after it." So she wants to learn how to be a warrior and goes after one of the best warriors we've ever known. Uh, she finds him in Jotunheim with uh, pickles in her backpack. Um, really like the art in this book. Uh, she sees some ogres, uh, finds Thor in a bar telling some stories. He's more interested in telling stories and fighting, but eventually the ogres fight. We find out he knew about them and basically chain, trains Gene that, yeah, you have to prepare, you have to train, you also have to be ready to improvise. Oh, and it doesn't hurt to have a magic, a big friggin' magic hammer, which Gene was able one time to telekinetically create and defeat the ogres. And um, I, you know, I don't, it's getting, you know, kind of long. You know, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I really, really enjoyed it. What about you guys? What, Dan? Um, all right, so, okay, sorry. I was giving you the, the floor there, Georgie. I enjoyed it. I thought um, uh, Gene plays really well with four and I thought I quite like the art in places um and I, I just like the bit of chaos and random drunken four all the way through yeah um I just thought it was quite I just thought it was quite lighthearted after everything we've read I think it was nice to have like a lighthearted but still pushes the journey on though I am still not sold on the whole I'll tour the Marvel Universe to figure out what the hell's wrong with me <laughs> um, concept. Though I do generally think this is probably the best thing I read out of everything <laughs> we've done, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is, Dan. I'll, I'm going to let you know. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> I, I really like the, the Jean Grey team-up book. Yeah, me uh, too. We have 
it's fun to see her interact with the other characters. This was another highlight of the week slash what two weeks. Right. Uh, her interactions with Thor are wonderful. The artwork from you know most of the book is is quite nice. Um, I like that even though the character design isn't quite what I'd like to see for Jean Grey, she still feels like a 16 or what 17 year old girl like she's supposed to be. Right. Uh, she looks like the young Jean Grey, and it was just fun. Like, I I love uh, what they've been doing with Thor for the last I don't know five years, mm-hmm. uh, and seeing him interact with some of the X characters is is enjoyable. Uh, I just I want to see like I can't believe. Jason, you, your wife, and I have gone on record as saying that we don't like Jean Grey at all. So it's amazing what you know. Someone. It's a testament do. to hopeless, for sure. Yeah, yeah. In, in the hands of a, a great writer, what any character can become something enjoyable to read and, and look at. So it's just like a. It's a big surprise to me how how nice this book has turned out. Denise just called you a traitor. From across oh, the room. read the damn book. Yeah, yeah, give it a try, then talk. <laughs> now she's smiling slash scowling at me. <laughs> <laughs> at least read it for the art. You might like that part at least. Yeah. I'm going to say something shocking. Because I've not been as adamantly... Ad, adamant, that's not a word. Adamant... I haven't been as adamant... <laughs> adamantly? Yeah, adamantly in my... um. Scorn for Gene, but I've I've been pretty I'm pretty anti Gene as well. So th- this is this is like I said a testament to hopeless. This is like in my top three X books right now. Right. Um, like the whole Weapon X story, all new Wolverine, and this are like the three Don't best. Don't forget Iceman. Oh yeah, I so I right, top four then. You're right, Iceman, definitely up there. Um, so yeah, so I don't know like. Gene and Iceman, how long those books will last and be able to hold up like with what the writers are doing. Um, I feel like for the most part, at least in the first few issues, they've been, it looks like they're going to be kind of left alone, right? To tell the story they want to tell and not have to worry about being sucked into other things. That always helps, right? When a writer can actually take their vision and do what they want to do. But um, no, I'm, I'm, surprised at how much I'm loving this book. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm going to give Jean Grey number four, five out of six claws. I'm right there with you, five out of six. What you say, Dan? Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a five, yes. All right. It's it's enjoyable, and it makes Jean quite nice and readable. Right, yes, <laughs> and likable, right? <laughs> That's the highest quality. I don't hate her as much as I did before. Right. Hey, that's, that can be a pretty monumental shift sometimes, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to call it there, gentlemen. Um, thank you so much. You before we go. Yeah. I think all the Xbox have come out now. So what's your, your takeaway in sort of the reboot? I feel like we've got a couple good books, but the, the bad ones are really dragging the whole X universe down? What do you, What is, you know, your sort of overall opinion yeah, on, on where right. we are now? So I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Um, jury's still out on Astonishing, right? Um, the Weapon X slash uh, Totally Awesome Hulk has been, to me, the most X-Men book of the group so far uh, and the best team book by far. 
Um, right. Blue, I'm with gritted teeth, hoping Bun can turn it back around because I really enjoyed the way it started so much. Um, so I haven't given up on it yet. Uh, gold, I just, I don't, I don't think Guggenheim has what it takes to make that a great book. I think the the best it can shoot for is average, and it's not really hitting that consistently. Um, of course, the books we don't get to talk about on here as much. Um, I'm still loving Only Wolverine. Um, now that they've kind of settled back into a regular artist, I think that helps. Uh, maybe not my first choice on art, but that last issue where she went off into space was just amazing. Old Man Logan, I'm just... I'm ready for him to not be a character anymore. Um, that's well, kind of a hard, hardcore thing to say on the podcast that goes nicked. I just feel like it's overstated. It's welcome. I would, and this is what we're going to do. I'd rather just, let's just get Logan, regular Logan back and, and move on. I'm just, I'm kind of tired of the grumpy old man. Um, my future past is terrible stick. Um, just, I'm just kind of over it. Um, Iceman and Jean Grey are both a delight, and when I would highly recommend those books to everybody, whether you're a traditional X-Men fan or not. Because I don't know if they necessarily hit on like some of the stuff you would normally get from an X-Men team book that you would want to expect as an X-Fan, but they're just both so good. Um, I would just recommend them to anybody. So that's kind of my take on it. Oh, and Cable might as well not exist. Um, <laughs> and Generation X as well. I'm just ignoring those. Um, so, so Dan, why don't you go next, and then George, you ask a question. You can wrap it up for us. Okay. Um, I'll um say it quite simply as it's like it has always been, where there is a fundamental. There's like nine books, and there's only three I care about. <laughs> so is. Like the X-Men have always been and always will be, it would seem. So I don't think it's a really strong relaunch, but it's better than the one we had before, after Secret Wars. Yeah. So that's a plus. Right. Um, and it has, really, it has really good comics in it. There's, like, there's some really good comics here. Yes, there's some really bad ones. But it's nice that at least there's some good X-Men comics rather than all of them being rubbish. Um, <laughs> so um, I feel like it, the whole idea of recapturing the glory days of the 90s and 80s, they actually have in for me in the sense of I only read free out of the billions that were released. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's worked. It's worked in its own way. So, yeah, there you go. For me, I feel like all the group books uh, really let me down. Blue and Gold, for me, are both really rough. Um, the Weapon X book is the only group book that's working for me, and uh, but it's it's the solo books that are nice. And I, to be honest, I feel like, you know, with this relaunch, Marvel is like, we're, we're going to make X-Men great again, um, but it's a bunch of crap they threw out there. I feel like there's a lot of B-tier um creatives on the books as well and the eight the quote-unquote eight tier don't really know what they're doing with the x-men characters so this is this was an opportunity for me to jump back into the x-men and enjoy myself but i've 
I've been quite disappointed with the uh, majority of the books. So um, I'm, 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 I'm kind of sad at the moment about the state of the Xbox. But uh, as Dan put it, it's definitely better than the X days. So at least there's that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And that was a good question, Georgie. I think that was a nice kind of, you know, now that we've had astonishing finally upon us, nice way to kind of sum up where the whole line is and well maybe we'll we'll recheck that pulse every now and then so awesome well thank you guys both very much for coming back on sorry my vacation turned this into a pretty massive episode but um we'll try to get back on track so <laughs> it was a lot of fun i I'm, yeah. I'm, like i don't mind sitting here talking for two more hours <laughs> I may have some hungry I'm, kids I'm that tired. Yeah. Yeah, I'm let Dan go to bed. <laughs> he's had a he's had a nice, busy, but good day. So hopefully this was a, and hopefully this didn't drag down to all the excitement from your your previous. Oh adventures. no, this is this is always a pleasure. I, I'm thank you for letting me talk about Xbox. Uh, why I don't often talk about them. <laughs> so awesome. Well, Georgie, where can the people find you? Uh, I am on Twitter at LA Boy Toy. Uh, come anyone, send me a message. No one talks to me on Twitter anymore, so I'm a little lonely. <laughs> oh man! Come visit me. Do it, people. Do it. I'll, I'll message you right now, just so that you don't <laughs> feel right? lonely. Uh. <laughs> and Dan, what about you and the Inner Comics Podcast? Um, you can follow me at Gizmo151183, or you can just follow the Inner Comics Podcast, who literally just celebrated our four-year anniversary. Blew awesome. my mind when I was told. Um, um, at, just type into into Google Inner Comics Podcast, and it will jump up straight away. And we have a little bit of a reminisce on the latest episode about uh, how me and Jack started talking to each other four years ago, and now there's all of us talking to each other. Um, four years later so yeah crazy pretty awesome pretty awesome so all right well i don't know what's going to be next uh to be honest uh eventually we'll get back to these guys um i don't know if i'll squeeze in a flashback between now and then or not we will see how things go with the old scheduling but um anyway whatever's next i'm sure it'll be glorious um so thanks again to Dan and Georgie for coming on and making this a great episode. And Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, as usual. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, hi, Ollie. Ollie's got some Bono shades on. Sing me some U2, Ollie. No? Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> maybe next time. <laughs> so uh, for the podcast that goes snicked, as usual, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast and website with show notes and stuff if that's your bag is uh, snickcast.podbean.com so until next time hugs and snicks everybody bye guys bye 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 and snacked <laughs>